You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Real Presence Live. Uh, it is a pleasure to be with you this morning on this feast day of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church, right on the heels of Pentecost Sunday. What a, what a reason to celebrate. What a reason to uh, pray a, th- a prayer of thanksgiving for our many blessings. Uh, I'm here. My name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with Doug Jellick. Thank you, Mike. And Doug is uh, our newest co-host for Real Presence Live. And, and Doug, thanks again for carving out some time for us this morning. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> yes. And, and folks, with no further ado, we have some very interesting guests this morning. Uh, folks that I've known most of my life. Most of my life. We have Deacon Leonard and Laverne Cordenoy with us this morning. Good morning, Leonard and Laverne. Good, Good morning. morning. Good morning. It's good to have you here. And uh, you have such a great story to tell. You have such a great story to tell. You folks have been uh, warriors for the church for many years. You've been such ambassadors to Christ with your, what Rochelle referred to as the fiat, as Mary said yes. You folks said yes to Christ uh, for many years. And, uh, And Leonard, because I know all of your children... I know that you turn 85 in July. <laughs> is, that, is that about right? That's about right. <laughs> okay, okay. And, uh, and so you are, you know, one of the oldest probably serving deacons uh, in the church right now. Yes, I am. I would think so. And so, well, let's, let us just get kicked off here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your call to the diaconate? And again, uh, your call, you, you were growing up uh, 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 Ukrainian. In fact, you, you spoke Ukrainian uh, until you got to the first grade, and then you started learning English. That's correct. That's right. <clears throat> and so, well, tell us about yourself, Leonard. And well, it goes back to, to probably when I was six years old. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I went to school, and there was Sister Bernarda and Sister Antonia. They were our teachers. Of course, they came from Ukraine, but they spoke English fluently, and they were my teachers. Uh-huh. As a six-year-old, I didn't understand a word of English. I didn't know what it was all about. And, of course, as a little boy, as mischievous as I was, <laughs> I knelt on a lot of corn. <laughs> as to- Corn was the way to go on. Because, and I learned how to move it away from my knees so that I wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt so much. Oh, sure. But as time goes on, I, I have to give gratitude to the Sister Bernard because she was a young, very young nun. Hmm. And she realized what I was going through. And she really encouraged my parents to start speaking English also. And that's how we went about to learn English. And then, of course... I went to other school, and that's now I speak English. Not the greatest, but I speak English. <laughs> uh, to me, it was a very big asset because I was with my grandpa a tremendous amount, and we spoke Ukrainian all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, grandpa died when he was 64 years old, and mm-hmm. I was uh, probably 19. Mm-hmm. And 
we were buddies. Mm -hmm. He was my tutor, I guess, mm -hmm. in many, many ways. Mm -hmm. And so was Grandma. Because whenever I went to Grandpa's and Grandma's, I see Grandma always praying. She had the missile. And, of course, sometimes I sat down or knelt beside her, and mm -hmm. she told me what she was praying about. Mm -hmm. She explained she was a Polish girl that Grandpa married. And when they, when she prayed with such earnestly, when I seen it in her eyes, uh, that I knew there was something there. I didn't understand it as a young boy, but I wanted to hear what she was saying. And she taught me a tremendous amount. And the love that she had for God and for Jesus is, is tremendous. Hmm. And I think somehow or another, whether we realize it or not, when we're growing up, a lot of it rubs off on us. A lot of it has done because then, of course, I uh, got older. I met my beautiful wife. Indeed. And we dated for three or four years. Then we got married. Yeah, I was married a very young man. Mm -hmm. And, of course, she was a Roman Catholic, and mm -hmm. I went to the Roman Catholic Church for 25 years. Mm -hmm. We lived in Yakima, Washington. I went to the Holy Redeemer over there. We came back from Washington. And, of course, Tom Glenn, Father Tom Glenn, says, Leonard... Why are you going to the Roman Catholic Church? Mm -hmm. You are of the Ukrainian right or of the Byzantine right. Mm -hmm. you, you can never change rights unless the Pope authorizes you to change. And then the ways you have to go applications as well. If I have to do that, I might as well go back to the Ukrainian Church. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we did. And Father Tom Glenn and I were quite buddies. I mean, he was a very big influence in my life. Mm -hmm. And he also mentioned... The diaconate to me. What are you talking about? Okay. What is a deacon? I had absolutely no clue. But I heard that word several times. Then I met another deacon, which was Martin Kanopic. Deacon Martin Kanopic. Oh. And he says, to, every time he saw me, he says, Leonard, you should be a deacon. I said, what is a deacon? He says, you are to be a servant of God, a servant for the people, and you have the talent. I said, what is my talent? I mean, I don't know nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm just stupid, I said. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he says, no, so finally, in 1983, uh -huh. I went over to visit George Ducard, Father George Ducard. Mm -hmm. And I says, Martin Kanopic told me to become a deacon. What's a deacon? I asked Father George uh, Ducart, and he sat, we sat there for maybe an hour, mm -hmm. and he says, when I'm talking to you, Leonard, I think you should consider it going into the diaconate. I said, what do I have to do? He gave me a bunch of paperwork. Which your wife filled out. Ah. <laughs> and Usually does. And my wife filled out for me. <laughs> she does all my paperwork. Thank God for her. Ah, uh, indeed. And... I had to have letters written about myself from some of the parishioners. And it was uh -huh. Samuel Avenick and Mike Bronco that I gave these letters to, to have them fill out the letters. And they wrote these letters and sent them to the, to the bishop. And needless to say, all of a sudden I get the call and says, we have a meeting in Bismarck. We want you to go ahead and attend. Okay, what's this? And there was, well, I'll, I'll ask you to ask some of those questions and answer those. We, we were interviewed, I guess, I want to say. Yeah. Yes, the both of you were both interviewed. Both of us were okay. very much interviewed. Now, okay. now when you say uh, the, the bishop. Bishop uh, Kenny. 
Bishop John Kenny. Kenny. Oh, Bishop Kenny, uh, Bishop, uh, past Bishop of the Bismarck Diocese. That's correct. Okay, so even though you are a Ukrainian uh, deacon, a deacon uh, no, candidate, no, candidate, candidate, right. or applicant at That's that right. point, you went to the to the uh, the, the, the Bishop Kinney of the right. Diocese of Bismarck. Go ahead. Right. And so, at that time, I didn't even know our bishop, which was innocent. Latowski. Latowski. Innocent Latowski. Mm -hmm. Father Gabro was the first bishop in our eparchy, or right. diocese, as you know it. Right. <clears throat> and that happened in 61. And, of course, from there on, when Tom, Father Tom Glenn was here, he died while Tom Glenn was here. And Bishop Latowski then was the bishop. But Bishop Kennedy, Kenny yep. and Bishop Latowski were conversing okay. about me. Okay. Okay. And this has come about because I had to take my training in the Roman Catholic uh, diocese because we did not have a formation in our eparchy. I see. Okay, so you you took your diaconate training in the diocese of Bismarck, Bismarck, right? Because your diocese slash eparchy is that what right, you're calling? Eparchy. So in the Ukrainian rite, the diocese is called eparchy. Eparchy. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Continue. So then we we went and had several meetings, and of course we Laverna I attend a lot of retreats, a healing retreats with Father. Hugo was the retreat master, and he was a healing retreat master. He had healing powers. You mm -hmm. wouldn't believe the powers he had. Mm -hmm. And he was a deacon, too. Mm -hmm. A transitory deacon. Mm -hmm. And we went to a lot of retreats. And, of course, again, one of the formations that were the, the people that investigated us or uh, interviewed us were at the Priory again. And I said, you're going to go ahead and go into the diaconate. Okay. okay. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's go to Laverne here. We have a couple minutes to, to break here. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Laverne, you've just got a review of about half your life here from, from your husband about the process of becoming, answering the call to become a deacon. And so, what are you thinking along these lines here? And it's just so interesting to me that uh, you're the U Ukrainian right, mm -hmm. and we'll get into the similarities and differences mm -hmm. uh, here in, in after the break. Okay. But uh, Laverne, tell us about what was going in your heart and mind right now, or uh, not right now, but back then. I think I also felt that call, that he had that call. Okay. Because when he was in high school, he went to the Abbey for two years. And then transferred, and some of it was per, personal or uh, that, but then he transferred to Bismarck, uh, Belfield and graduated there. But I think that calling was already there as a young freshman and sophomore in high school. And, uh -huh. and I could feel that, that he had this. And I think somewhere... I think the wife also gets that calling and saying, I've got to learn more about Jesus and mm -hmm. the church. Mm -hmm. And so when we were in formation, it was so interesting. And it was a shorter than it is today. Right. It was like a three-year program. Mm -hmm. 
then there was that difficulty with the pastor we had at that time. It wasn't Tom Glenn. It was another priest. Mm-hmm. And we had to uh, contact the bishop in Bishop Latotsky in Chicago right. and make a pre- uh, go there for some more studies and more prayer time and so you know that happened and then the di- then the diaconate and he became a deacon and Bishop Latotsky came to Belfield and ordained him. I'll be done. That is a great story. Uh, we have to take a break now. Uh, folks don't go away. We'll be back Uh, with more of uh, Deacon Leonard and Laverne Cordenoy after the break, and we'll talk about the differences and similarities of the Ukrainian rite versus the Latin rite, Mm -hmm. and we'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I grew up in a, a very uh, faith-filled home. It wasn't Catholic, but very faith-filled. And uh, But when I got to college, I had a lot of questions, asked a lot of questions, didn't really get answers, and, and would say I became more of an agnostic. Um, you know, as I then uh, moved out to Seattle, I was really, really searching. And um, But then, you know, all through my life, everything was always compared to the Catholic Church. It was... It was everything and the Catholic Church, and and so I just really felt the need to um, to look into that. And I had a catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, so I, you know, that was a great resource, and and spent a lot of time reading through that. So yeah, asked a lot of questions, um, had a lot of questions about the Church as an authority, especially, and and being able to rely on that um, truth. How can we know truth? Where is the truth? This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Yes, good morning, everyone. Uh, we're, we're visiting with uh, Leonard and Laverne Cordenoy this morning. Uh, Leonard is a, a deacon in the Ukrainian Rite of the Catholic Church. And uh, Leonard was just uh, giving his story about growing up as a child in Fairfield, North Dakota, right? Gorm, Gorm, Fairfield. Okay. In, in, in Ukraine at that time. Oh, okay. Okay. And the church was moved from Ukraine to where it's at now. Now, Ukraine is... is well, it was a little cell in the settlement. There used yeah. to be a 
post offices were all over the yeah. all over North Dakota. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and of course, Grandpa always said to me, you know, he said, Leonard, you should think about going to be a priest. Of course, that was from 14, 15, 16, up there, you know, until finally Grandpa died. But that was put into my head when I was a little boy. And just knowing the religious, the way they went to church, the way they prayed and everything else, it, it, I never realized how much effect it had on my life yeah. uh, because of them. I still think of Grandma. I still see Grandma's face. I see, see Grandpa's face because it's just like telling me that, hey, you are doing what I wanted you to do. I wanted you to be somebody that would preach God to people, bring Jesus to everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Without them, I don't know how far I would have gone. Yeah, and during the break, I was just looking at my co-host here, Doug Jillick, and we are new grandfathers, uh, myself for five years, mm -hmm. and eight grandchildren. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and Doug... He's a lot younger than me, but he has three? Three, yes. Three, and uh, they're age three and under? Yes, three and under. Wow, okay. So for us to hear your story about the influence your grandfather had on you mm -hmm. is certainly uh, telling us uh, uh, that uh, uh, we, we have certainly an influence on our grandchildren and how they think and, right. and their faith. So, uh, But let's go, let's go to the... Uh, the similarities and the differences of the Ukrainian rite versus the, the Latin rite. And one of the, <clears throat> and uh, you invited me to the Divine Liturgy last weekend mm -hmm. at St. Demetrius in Fairfield, North Dakota. And uh, the Ukrainian Catholic, Catholics call their weekend liturgy Divine Liturgy. We call it Holy Mass, the Romans, mm -hmm. Roman Catholic rite. Holy Mass, but Divine Liturgy, and also um, the uh, when you make the sign of the cross, mm -hmm. you go the opposite direction. That's right. With the Holy we Lord. use three fingers: uh, the thumb, the forefinger, and the, the middle finger, and we put them together. And when we make the sign of the cross, and the, they consist of the Holy Trinity: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we close these three fingers to do that, to acknowledge the three divine persons in, in God. And then when we make the sign of the cross, we go to make the full cross across our body, up and down and across the shoulders. The reason we do that is because as Jesus hung on the cross, we make the sign of the cross. And that is very important for us. We make the sign of the cross very, very often during our liturgy, or as you call Mass. And because... Everything we do is three times, mm -hmm. every time. I mean, when you make the sign of the cross, you say, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you do it once. We do it three times, again, for each Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is our essential belief because, and, and as you mentioned, the Blessed Virgin Mary, that is the mother of our church. She was the first that said yes. She was the first that brought Jesus into our lives. And because of her, we have Jesus. And we really, really emphasize on that. I want to put that the calendar, the church year for the Ukrainian church or the Byzantine church begins in September. And the first feast is the birth of Mary. The birth of Mary. So... That's the beginning of 
the life of Jesus. Right. Because without Mary being there first, yes. there would be no church. Mm-hmm. So that's how the church year begins instead of Advent when you begin it at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, <clears throat> some observations I had uh, at, with, at last weekend's Divine Liturgy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't help but notice the role that the deacon plays in the liturgy. I mean, you were, uh, you were all over the place, Leonard. <laughs> and and uh, not that it's a, no. an, that's, that's, your, uh, that's your duty as a deacon to, to respond to the priest and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, another observation I had is the, you, you sing the uh, total liturgy, the liturgies, the mm-hmm. scripture readings, and the choir was just awesome. The male voices in that choir just uh, hit mm-hmm. your heart directly. Mm-hmm. So, go, go ahead. See, the thing is about our liturgy, yeah, we sing everything. It's, everything is sung. Uh, the, the deacon in our church is basically the MC. Got it. Yep. When I say, let us be attentive, that yes. means there's something important is going to happen. Either we're going to hear the epistle, or we're going to go hear the gospel, or we're going to have the small interest with the, with the uh, gifts. Our gifts are prepared on a separate table. Father does that before liturgy. The deacon and the priest carry the gifts and put them on the altar. That is, we tell you, it is a sacred time because now we get prepared for the gifts. It's the same way with the gospel book. We incense before the gospel. We carry the gospel book, and the deacon carries it out to the people. Shows what now this is going to be a very precious time because we are going to have the word of God here present before you. That's why we say let us be attentive. And then a deacon puts the gospel book on the, on the altar. That is part of it. That's what part of the beginning of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of litanies that we do in our church. When I was at the Abbey prior 62, there was a lot of litanies in the Roman Catholic Church. But as after 1962, there was a lot of changes in the Roman Catholic Church. But in our church, we did make those changes. Mm-hmm. We still don't face the people in our mm-hmm. uh, liturgy. Mm-hmm. Our I back is that. still to the people where the Roman Catholic Church, the altar around it and everything else. Mm-hmm. We stand in front of the tabernacle where Jesus is there all the time. Mm-hmm. And we face the tabernacle because that's where Jesus is and this is what we preach. And we try to bring the people all together to the center of Christ. Mm-hmm. And one of the th- uh, things that I, I know the listeners need to know is that the, the Eucharist is, is, is the soul, the, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Correct. And it, it remains the same. And uh, the only thing different is that the, the priest uh, has... Can you explain the, uh, the uh, receiving the Eucharist? Okay, just before the communion. The deacon receives the communion as the bread. Mm-hmm. Then he comes around the, the altar and then receives the, the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. Then the priest then takes the host and puts it into the chalice, into the wine or the blood of Christ. And now it becomes the body and blood of Christ as a unit. Got it. And so when we receive the communion, 
we tilt our head back and uh, take a spoon and drop the host into your mouth. You're right. And that's what the difference. That's the only difference. When you come to the, to receive the communion, your hands are supposed to be crossed across your chest. When you come down and you tilt your head back, and they drop the host and everything else. Uh, we've done some changes here because of of this COVID. We had we went ahead and took some. <laughs> That's okay. Go ahead. We, we put. <laughs> we were people were scared about the the spoon. Right. So we took 190 in a little jar, and he cleans the spoon every time before he dropped the host into somebody's mouth. Okay, 190 proof alcohol. alcohol. Yeah, that should do it. <laughs> that should do it. And the other difference, I, I just have to clarify this for our listeners. Uh, married Ukrainian Catholic men can be ordained as priests or de- deacons. However, unmarried clergy may not marry and widowed clergy may not Remarry. That's, that's correct. Okay, so sometimes you will find a priest that has yes. family. That's yes. right. Okay, very good. Um, we have uh, a couple minutes left, uh, Leonard and Laverne. Uh, any last thoughts uh, that you want to share with our listeners? Something that, okay, one, one thing that we do. Our last three priests came directly from Ukraine. They learned the English language, but not always knew, understood the uh, the English language. So, I had to go ahead and learn to speak Ukrainian again that I didn't do for 65 years. And try to explain and translate what each of these words meant that he had come up to me. And also, the Ukrainian language has changed a lot too. Right. Right. And so I had to learn that part of it as well. And to me, if you don't think that there is a power of the Holy Spirit, that's the only way I could have learned it and gone as far as I have. Because the Holy Spirit guided me through the whole thing. I could not have done it alone. What a great story. What a great story. Yes. And like I said, we could have taken an hour to talk about this, folks. But we are out of time. Thank you very much, uh, Laverne, uh, uh, Laverne Cordnoy, Deacon Leonard Cordnoy for carving out some time here this morning. Uh, This was a very interesting interview uh, about the Ukrainian Catholic Church. God bless you for keeping that tradition. Don't go away. We'll be back to see which father in our listening area wins the donuts for Honor Our Fathers.